Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome Beyond the Deck, a production of Goracom in which we take the time to go through a company's PowerPoint presentation with shareholders and get a better idea of what's going on at their companies. And that's really important today because if you like spinouts, uplist of the NASDAQ, fantastic revenue model, then this is the story. Logic Inc. trades in Canada and the U.S. on the stock symbol LGIQ. More than just lip service, Logic is an award-winning company that helps small, medium business compete against mega brands and e-commerce. More than just lip service, last year for 2021, revenue was $37.3 million. But if you take out, if you, if you, if you discount back the spin out, it still had $23 million in revenue last year. This year, the company is projecting between $40 and $50 million in revenue guidance. So that's where we're going to go through the deck for existing shareholders because there's a lot going on. Brent, welcome back, my friend. Thanks, George. That was a heck of, a, of an intro. Much appreciated. Yeah, man, got it. So look, there are a lot of moving parts, right? There was a spin out last year. Now there's the, the agreement to uplist the NASDAQ through the SPAC. And uh, there's just so many moving parts. And the best part is revenue, customers, all of it. I think it'd be a great idea to have everyone visualize logic a little bit, kind of get their head around it uh, as you prepare to move on your next big step. So you've got control. Everyone can see the deck in front of you. Let's just kind of go through that together and uh, let's right. have a convo about it. Terrific. Thank you. Okay. Um, with that, um, <clears throat> welcome everyone. Um, we are Logic. Um, our, uh, our tagline is connecting brands to consumers. And I'll I'll do my best to uh, elaborate upon that um, through a brief presentation and, and uh, do some Q&A with George. Um, we have a standard disclaimer, um, which I will not read, but it is there on our website. You can pause the screen at home, read it, if, and then unpause and keep going through the, uh, the entire presentation. Yes. Thank you. Um, okay. So... <clears throat> What we mean when we talk about connecting brands to consumers um, by simplifying online digital customer acquisition is very simply put, how do businesses find customers? They find them two ways, advertising and marketing. I, I know there's more than that, but the two primary ways online. And walk-ins. <laughs> yeah, in that too, <laughs> exactly. Which is an effective strategy. It is an effective strategy. That's true. So we do both advertising technology and marketing technology. The, 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 the combination of those is, is ad tech and MarTech. Um, what we've done over the past two years is we've grown through acquisitions, some which are accretive, um, the others represented technology acquisitions, which we needed in order to have a, an entire platform that I think uh, most people like to say is an end-to-end -end platform um, or a one-stop shop, um, regardless of, of the, um, the, the cheesiness of those um, descriptions. It's extremely important. You want a place that a small business can go to and find everything that they need. And that is what we've assembled. <clears throat> hey, Brent, before we go yeah. on to the market and all that, let me ask, quick, ask, you about, ask you a quick question. 
-hmm. People think advertising is simple because they don't do it. So they're figuring, ah, you know, you're going to throw up an ad on Facebook and you'll throw up an ad on Google. How hard can it be? You and I know that the answer is very deep. Without going, you know, without giving people a PhD in online digital marketing, explain to us what you would do for a Goracom, let's say, that goes beyond our basic capabilities of, oh, let me just go buy an ad on Facebook or Twitter and slap it up there. Sure. The 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 solution, the comprehensive solution you create, which has led to your great success. Sure. Um, wow, many, many ways to answer that. But but I think the, the, the simplest is that um, if you use Facebook or, or Google to buy and, and, and place ads, um, both are extraordinarily effective because look 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 at look, look at them i mean they are they're the two of the of the most esteemed enterprises in the world but that's for the masses and what you as a as a small business are most concerned about is the efficiency and the effectiveness of what you're spending money on especially in advertising you want you want to know if I spend $1,000, am I going to get more than $1,000 in sales? Okay. If you're not, then, then you need to find a solution there, right? But, but it is a real problem and a real challenge for, for most all small businesses. How do Because they, they can't measure. Small, medium businesses don't know how to measure success, how to try different things. Everyone can slap up one ad on Facebook, but then right. after that, how do you measure the ROI? How do you optimize? How do you get it better? That's where you guys step in, right? And really help the small, medium business get that right. That, that's right. And, and what, what we did is, you know, there, there's a bit of a, of a, of a, of a copycat um, strategy involved in this, or, or let's call it a tactic. So, so from the tactical side, we took the approach, okay, the big, the big players in the market, for example, the trade desk, um, and, and on this slide here, Okay, what we what we're trying to, to illustrate is a problem and a solution. Okay, the problem that we illustrate here is that the top 500 brands in the U.S. control most of the e-commerce market, 70 percent. Okay, actually, it, it's it's even it's even more more fragmented than that. If you look at Amazon, Walmart, eBay, and Apple. And then I think the other one is, is, is Target. Um, so the top five e-commerce sites, they actually control over 50% the entire e-commerce yeah. e yeah. market. Okay, so as a small business, you look at that and go, well, so what? There's a big so what there. If they control that much of the e-commerce market, they also dominate the advertising market so they can get the best ad placements. They can be the most efficient. And how do they do that? Well, they do have, they all have their own teams in-house, but those teams in-house use tools from outside. So if you look at a company like the Trade Desk, which has been phenomenally successful, um, people have made huge gains on that. And they are a, I think a $30 billion market cap company, um, if not larger. How do they get there? Well, you look at their platform and all the pieces of it that they've built and that they've acquired. So our short-term tactical tactical approach was, okay, let's put together the same thing, okay? But our strategy, 
Our strategic approach is who do we use that for? Well, we're certainly not going to compete with Trade Desk and try to go to Amazon or Walmart um, or their other customers who are all also very large. I think the, the, the minimum price of entry, if you want to be um, a tier one customer for, for the Trade Desk, I think it's about $100 million a month in advertising spend. So, you know, it's a lot. And so that, that really precludes the other 2 million e-commerce companies out there that make up that 30% of the, of the e-commerce market. So it doesn't leave you a lot. It leaves you Facebook and Google and you advertise there and do okay. But if you want to do as well as the big brands, you have to have someone who has those tools. Now, that's us. But as I say that, you also recognize that there's a real challenge. How do you get to all those 2 million or, or a reasonable number of those 2 million e-commerce companies to get them to become clients? Well, you don't hire, you can hire thousands of salespeople or hundreds of salespeople, or you can go to mid-sized ad agencies with a handful of salespeople and say, hey, look, you serve small and medium-sized businesses. If you have big customers that use the trade desk, they will know that the minimum price of entry is, is quite large and that precludes your smaller companies from coming in. So basically what we're doing is we're providing in simple terms, the same types of um, access that companies like the Trade Desk provide, but small and medium-sized businesses via their ad agencies that cater to them and already have them on board. And devil's advocate, naturally, it's going to cost me a little bit more to use logic, I would think, than if I just did it on my own. So I've got to presume, given the success you've had, there's an ROI or there's a real ROI for me to say, well, if I spend it on my own, I'll spend X. If I got to hire logic, I got to spend X plus, you know, 10, I'm just plus 10, 15%. But I'm assuming the results are just that much more superior that if George Com Widgets uses logic, your efficiencies, your solutions, rather than me trying to go it alone at night, just making Facebook ads, right? Um, actually, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. So um, we made an acquisition in March of a company named Battlebridge and Battlebridge's core, core focus is on Facebook and Google ads um, for their clients. And so when we acquired them, it wasn't for that. It was because they have a pipeline. They, okay, so their current customers who are now ours are doing programmatic advertising elsewhere. What is programmatic? It's, it's, the, it's the placements of advertisements um, onto websites outside of Facebook and Google, okay? So they are usually paying about 20%, 30% of what they're spending on ads um, to pro providers of, of, of programmatic advertising access. Um, with us, that's as simple as, as, okay, so let me back up a bit. We, we now, through Battlebridge, also provide Facebook and, and Google advertising for two reasons. The first is, is, very, is very simple. It is because we, we, can, we can do that for them, and we can actually do it a little cheaper than they're currently doing it. So for that reason alone, you know, maybe they save 2% to 5%. That's okay. Right, that's an extra two to five percent that, that that they that they save, but more importantly, 
if you give them access to programmatic advertising and instead of them paying 20 to 30% more, we actually start out significantly less. And, and here's why. We'll start off at, at 5% because it's not about the pricing. It's about the effectiveness of the campaign. Yeah, that's what, what really what it do. comes down. And, and let's, use, let's use Agoracom as an example. So right now, if I said to you, George, when you are looking for target customers and you're, and you're going onto Facebook or Google, there, there'll be a, a target profile. What type of what types of customers are you looking for? Male or female, age range, um, income level, um, geography. Yeah, geography. You you can choose from these, right? But your competitors are also choosing from those. Okay, if you're choosing between the same thing that your co closest competitor is choosing from, what what does it come down to? It, it comes down to who spends more being advertised to. Who are they going to choose? Right now. These same people that, that you are paying a certain amount for, for, for access to, it's, it's also, it's, it's also um, not only possible, it, it is, it's an actuality that these same people that may be, let's say, males between the age of, of 35 and 45 that um, live in this zip code and have this, this income, the obvious ones, okay, maybe a large percentage of them drive Volvos, okay? Or maybe a large percentage of them are pet owners, or maybe a large percent of them are American Express um, business card holders. Well, whatever those are, those are called attributes, all right? The, the artificial intelligence platform that we have will also put, put together other commonalities of the demographic that you chose, okay? If you say, all right, I'm not going to put down that I want males between the age of 35 to 45. Yeah, I got the it. Zip code. I want Volvo drivers. I want, yes, exactly. You are going to pay less for those names, but you're God. getting the same names. But you won't know that unless you have, you have someone to advise you of that. And it's not a, ma a manual process. We don't have people that go in and crunch the numbers and look at, and look at spreadsheets. It, it's an it's an actual digital output. So we'll just say, well, George, actually, a broad percent of the customers that you already have in the in the and in the target market that you want to approach happen to have these other attributes, and these other attributes cost a lot less for you to purchase. So right. what does that mean to you? So instead of paying top dollar on Facebook to find investors, I can be on some other websites that look for Volvo drivers yes. for my profile. And I'm paying way, way less. Yeah. So I'm a lot. I love that. And that that's I want to make sure people got that point across because you're not just saying, all right, George, you don't have the time to set up a Google uh, uh, ad campaign, a Facebook. Ad, so we'll do it because that's, that's, you know, that's right. that the moat, there's no moat there. Right. That's but exactly. what you're doing is saying, hey, George, you're looking for investors between these ages, this demographic and you're advertising on Facebook, you're paying top dollar. Well, that demographic has this in common. So let's find this commonality. Mm -hmm. on other uh, what do i care if they're coming in from the weather channel right yeah if, you don't if care. they're coming from the weather channel but they happen to be in my demographic and they see an ad about a gorkom they come in because that's their that's their that's their profile that's right i win and you've you've just made me way more efficient that, that that's right and the other thing is 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 we're about saving people time because what what do small business owners need more of they need more time in their day they don't 
And, and you know how hard that is to get that, right? So this conversation you and I are having right now, we actually don't even have that conversation with, with the owners. All, all they see is, wow, our campaigns are cheaper now, but they're more effective. So nice. I'm going to naturally spend more to get more. And you don't even have to have the conversation because all you're getting, you're getting, oh, wow, okay, well, I spent 10000 last month but I spent 12,000 before, but now I'm twice as effective. So now I'm just going to ramp it back up to 12,000 because I'm more effective. Oh, that's you great. You don't, even, you don't even have the conversation. Say, George, here's your budget. Yeah. Okay. We'll take care for you. We'll show you the results next month, the month after the month after that. And I'm just saying, I don't even have to know what you're going. You, you guys just applying a secret sauce and away you go. That, that's right. That's right. Um, and that's the ideal scenario because, because if you don't have that at your fingertips, it's not all about price to you. It's about saving time and have, being more efficient. Because this conversation we're having, you don't have time to have these all day with each day with, with your ad, to, ad tech provider, right? Because that's time you could be spent doing what you're doing, interviewing your customers, having, having videos up, trying to find more, more subscribers. That's what you want. So, Okay, you're hired. You got okay. me. I'm, you're so, I'm sold. All right. All right. That's All right. awesome. They go and go on. Yeah. So Great. now that okay. translates into these results. Great. It's not just you talking a big game. You're walking the walk. Um. Yeah. You know. Look. I'll and and I'll I'll you know, stating the obvious, we are not the size of a trade desk. Um, no, getting there is is a real task. But you don't have to 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 pursue one of one of the the, the industry leaders. You had, you just have to get a meaningful percentage of of what's already a big market and or even a small percentage of a huge market which absolutely exists and so we we have on this slide the revenue growth from 2020 which is really when when we started in terms of ad tech and martech under the logic roof so that's why i have these numbers on there so we've gone from 15 and a half million in 2021 we did right at 24 million this year, what we are saying is we will exit the year on a run rate of about 40 to 50 million. Um, on here, I just took the lower end of it, but I think that that's still looks good. It, it does. It's the type of growth that I think investors are both um, excited about and not um, concerned about. It's not, gosh, how are you guys going to? going to quadruple every year. I mean, that's a little bit unsustainable, but I think that these are both realistic and um, non-concerning to investors. And so, unlike the major markets where ad budgets are getting slashed, you know, I'm a big Fortune 500 company. I'm Procter & Gamble. You know, if I just pull back 15% of my ad budget, that's billions of dollars. Small, medium business guys still got to do their thing. Uh, so I'm assuming... As, is your is your target market slashing back as much right now as the uh, as the general markets? They're not slashing back. I think the, the the reality is that people are a lot more cautious, and with caution comes um, being very selective about what they use um, in terms of, of of services. And so so it's it's helpful overall. Um, it takes a little bit more work because there's handholding involved. But what we're seeing is the is, is the is the very real um, ability to sign people up um, and make them feel good about what they're doing. 
because what they're doing is spending money in hopes of getting more customers. If they feel good about it, they feel good about it for a reason, because it's working and it's effective and that's what they've been after. So people will absolutely spend money to get more customers if it's succeeding. And this is the basis for why you are now the subject of a SPAC deal that'll take you up to the NASDAQ. These, these numbers aren't, again, just you talking a big game. They've, got the, they've caught the attention from, of some pretty smart people. Yeah, let's look at these, let's look at these comps. Okay, certainly. The, the, the big question we're, we're being asked, George, um, and I'm sure our, our viewers are probably asking as well, our market cap right now is 12 million. If you look at the announcement on September 9th of a $114 million um, offer from Aubrey, uh, which is a NASDAQ listed SPAC, the question is, gosh, why, why, would, why would they offer $114 million when, when you're trading at 12? Um, you know, when you're trading on a junior market, um, I think that, that it is, it is very, it's very, re it's very realistic to say that um, the inefficiencies of, of that junior market compared to say a NASDAQ or an NYSE yeah. um, are fully on display. And so we've had a market cap as high as 250 million and as low as, I think we got down to eight recently. Um, if you look at our peers, and all of these peers on this slide are listed on senior exchanges, um, their, their medium valuation and mean valuations um, are on a, an earnings, you know, I'm sorry, enterprise value to revenue for this year and next year significantly higher than ours. And so what did the team over at Aubrey do when, when evaluating what, what an offer should be um, to us? They took the NASDAQ and, and, and NYSE mean and median valuations and applied that to us and, and dug in and said, okay, what are you going to do this year realistically? And what do you forecast next year realistically? And then they came up with an offer of 114 million. Our, our investment banker, Benchmark, actually came up with a valuation for us um, based on this year of 110 million, which puts us in right in there. Um, for next year, we'd be about 180 million. And these valuations are actually um, down over you know, year to date um, from where they were back in December. And I think people who have held any of these particular stocks see, have seen the same thing. So you've seen a retrenchment of say, you know, anywhere from 30% and as high as 80%, depending upon which stock. So, But that explains why you're getting that $110 million valuation, because some may say, well, your share price is so low, but the fact of the matter is the SPAC is almost looking at, you know, almost looking at logic right now is if you're a startup, almost like a private startup, uh, and they've got a little more flexibility to value you as they, as they choose, as opposed to because they know you're not going to sell at the uh, at the at the neo and OTCQX valuation, so they'd just be shooting themselves in the foot, right? That, that, that's that's a big part of it. The other is is if you if you if you look back at even some of the interviews you, you and I have had, and we've talked about our M and A uh, strategy over this past year, we've been very aggressive on two fronts. We've been very aggressive on the pipeline. We were in active discussions with 72 companies over the course of nine months. And then on the other hand, actually doing, executing on acquisitions, we've made five in the past two years. Now, I'm not patting ourselves on the back. The big challenge that we've had on both of those is 
we've either been outbid or we've been, or people have told us no, because we are listed on the OTC market. Everything else is, is great. Yeah. Strategic fit, the, 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 the tech platform, the people we have on our team, um, our, our strategy, the combination of said target company and ours and what we would look like. But in the end, their board or their shareholders or combination of the two would say, yeah, but you're on the OTC. And so being able to revisit that when we're on the NASDAQ, I think is going to look a lot different. It would have looked a lot different, but forgetting hindsight, we can say going forward, if we, if and when, I'm sorry, when we are on NASDAQ, will we pursue the same type of aggressive acquisition strategy? Yes. Oh, they're going to knock on your door. Well, I, you know, I, one would I've hope, seen that but, happen before. As you know, George Com goes NASDAQ and suddenly everybody else says, hey, George, you want to buy us because you're on NASDAQ. That right. makes a huge difference. That's right. I, 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 I know beyond a doubt because I've even gone back to some of the companies that we spoke with before and I've asked the, the question, if we were on NASDAQ, where would we be? And they said, our board would, would probably you know, be fully in favor. So I, I think with, with that, um, given the, our ability to execute, to pursue and execute when, when, when we want to and when we need to, um, we'll get us there. All right. Uh, anything left? Next slide, or are we almost done? Oh, there we go. Yep. yep. Last slide. Um, so and, and the and the best one, which yes. which which makes uh, it so great. Yeah. So for for our for our viewers, um, September 9th, we we announced that we are uh, we have signed a definitive merger agreement with Aubrey um, ASPA on on the Nasdaq for 114 million in Aubrey shares. Um, that's one part. Um, with that, what, what, what people should look for next is completion of our audit and then the subsequent filing of an S-4 filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission. And at that point, the SEC begins their review and when they complete and we go effective, then it is up to our shareholders to vote. Um, we anticipate all of this um, completing before year's end. So the other question is, okay, if I'm getting share, if I'm a shareholder, actually I am a shareholder, and so are you, George. Um, totally. We as shareholders, um, we will get shares of Aubrey. So as we go into Aubrey, our shareholders will receive shares and they will participate in the growth of that business. And you, we will also hold the shares that are currently logic. And what will we do with those? Okay. We've never talked about that before. That's the first time we're talking about this, yes, right? That's exactly right. But I, I you know, again, I, I think it's important. It, it's paramount for our shareholders to know what we can do at that point. We can merge in another business and it doesn't matter what type of business it is, whether it's oil and gas or whether it's mining and minerals or property or tech or, or it can be anything if that anything is, is, is a real business, has a real value, and there are valuations that are looking, there are companies with valuations um, that are significant that are looking for alternatives to, I, to the IPO market. And, right, and that's because the IPO market right now is all but frozen. You got the big investment banks. You know, we all think, well, they can do business in any environment, but the fact of the matter is no. If your market is down, your market is down. So investment banks right now can't do the traditional IP. It's a lot harder to do the traditional IPOs. But here's George Com Industries 
I've been going through the ramp up for the last 15 months. I want to go public. My bankers told me the window, literally, they're being told the window is shut for the next three to six months. Well, I've got to get a move on with getting public because I've got my obligation. So what's my next step? I look for I look for a, a, a shell. I don't know if I call it shell, but I look for a, a vehicle to then George come into. And That's that'll right. be LGIQ. Yes, it, it's as it's as close. There, there are very few guarantees in the in the financial world, um, but it's as close to a guaranteed public listing as you can get. Um, merging into an existing public vehicle, um, and then and then and if you qualify for an uplisting and you have an investment bank, then you can have that investment bank simultaneously uplist you, uh, do a funding round, and off you go. You are newly minted on, on a senior exchange with funding in hand, and our current shareholders will own a percentage of that business, anywhere from a minimum of 10%. Um, let's just call it 10%, because um, you have to have that minimum of 10% to stay listed on the OTCQX, and then further uplist to a senior exchange. That's a that, that's a huge win for our shareholders. Wow, so there could be a second win coming for Logic Investors that's right. Sometime in 2023. That's right. And 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 so yeah, the, the only question that remains is, oh, well, why would you do that? Very simple, because I'm a shareholder and I've been here for eight years. And if it's going to benefit our shareholders, I'm going to benefit too. So why would I not? I make I'm making notes of this so I can make sure I explain it to people. That's why you see me looking down here. But Brent, that's that's all. If everything goes as planned. Not perfectly. You're saying here the merger will close before the end of 2022. Does that mean does that mean the the uplisting also by the end of 2022, or does that mean sometime the first quarter of 2023? I think realistically, for 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 a reverse merger candidate to come in and then uplist, it would be Q1 of 2023. But that's not that that far off. So we've got two major catalysts coming up that. I believe will will represent significantly higher value than where we're currently trading, which is what everyone hopes for and anticipates. And I got to tell you also, let's not forget about the growth after that, right? This isn't necessary for, okay, I can only speak for myself. This isn't a liquidity event for me. This isn't going to be, oh, we get these great suits on the NASDAQ, I'm selling, I can make some money. For me, it's, okay, this is great. Now Brent and his team have the vehicle to really grow this company in the next couple of years the way we know you're capable of it. So for me, it's not the end of something, it's just the beginning of a next much bigger phase. Uh, it, you know, and, I, and I'm assuming a lot of people are thinking that way. Um, actually, that, that's, that's exactly what, what, our, what our entire team says, that this is the, be this is the beginning for us uh, not not the end by any stretch. It's not a liquidity event nor an exit. This is where we finally get to 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 start going after the things that 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 we've been pursuing for many years. And when we started years ago, the question was, well, where where do you want to go in terms of the financial markets? And it's always been to to at least get to a $500 million market cap. And why do you want to do that? Well, you do that because you start to move towards scale, move towards scale on the business, move towards scale on, on the market cap. And what do you do with that? Well, you can continue to grow through a creative acquisition and continue to deliver share, shareholder value. 
And delivering shareholder value is not as, as, as selfless as it sounds. There's a degree of selfishness to it as well. I, I've been here eight years. My team has been here you know, on the low end two years, um, most you know, a good six years. For us, we're all shareholders. Every single one of our, of our teammates is a shareholder. And so we and are- you, absolutely- hey, you guys wanna you guys wanna make money off your stock just like we, uh, we do, just like Bill Gates did, just like Michael Dell did, just like all of them at the end of the day. And that's good for us because it means right. we know you guys are have the same, obviously the same motivation. That's exactly right. Brent, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Any last words, anything we missed? Uh, I know we went through the decks and we covered all the big things, which is what we want to do, right? But any any last words before we sign off? No, I appreciate being on again and, and uh, being given the opportunity to overview the business. If, uh, if anyone wants to, to reach out to us, um, uh, please do. We're always happy to respond when we when we are uh, uh, when we have the ability to. Yeah, and look, I'm going to say this just myself. You are very accessible, very transparent because we've done a number of these kind of interviews. So clearly, you respect your shareholders you value shareholders and you want to engage with them, put your money where your mouth is with a number of these, we did this beyond the deck and there's going to be more coming uh, here in the next, in the last stretch run of 2022. I can't wait, but like Brent said, if you need to reach out, you know, or just get to the website, reach out. Uh, for those who are new to the story and you want to say, Hey, I want to know more about this company. It's up listening a lot to, to the NASDAQ, get the company's profile page on Agoracom get the complete picture story there, and then hop over to the Logic website. Because guys, if you believe in e-commerce, digital marketing, uh, digital advertising, the, all of that, then you got to take a close look at Logic. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Thanks, George. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then, don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform, so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.